Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I think it's the us being relentless, you know, man, like just continuing to just find ways to continue to keep, like I said, keep your foot on the neck, you know, continuing to keep that killer mentality on both ends, you know, making it a point. All right, we turn the ball over, making it a point. All right, it won't happen again. Or they give up a run, are we pushing back and we're not letting them come back. For us to do what we've been doing tonight was, was huge. But now it's a matter of where we're doing it again, you know, and then again and again and again. That's what we have to get. You know, it's good to start off this way. And I think we just got to continue to stay locked in and stay sharp. There's Donovan Mitchell talking after the win over to the Spurs, looking ahead to the trip to New York, his old stomping grounds, obviously. Brooklyn Nets tonight, New York Knicks tomorrow, and PK, he just said all the right things. If they actually execute what he just said, good times are ahead. All right, execute, man. I like it. Execute. (laughs) Execute. (laughs) Uh, Sure, execute. I would say make baskets. The world gets a lot easier when you make baskets. It's like what your mother, dear Carol, used to tell you. <laughs> Carol Brady. <laughs> Carol. David, 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 my son David, you get good grades and life becomes easier for you. Well, you make baskets and in a game of basketball, or as they say back east, basketball, it becomes a lot easier. And they're back east, so I hope they have that basketball go in the basket many times. Ah, the grades. There's some good stories in the Sniggledorf family about grades you'll have to hear sometime. How long did your parents get involved with you and your grades? Because for me, again, once I got to high school, you know, I was the youngest. Yeah. And my parents, not really. I could have got straight F's. I could have got whatever. And I don't think they would have had any idea. Now, certainly college, since I was paying for it, they never checked nor did they have any right to check, for that matter. I mean, I was... You were an adult. Uh, you were off on your own, basically. So, yeah, and I paid for deal. every right. cent. Yeah. Uh, they actually didn't pay that much attention to high school, to be honest. The high school grades. I mean, they'd look at them when they came home, but whatever. And the one time in high school, I ditched a class. One time. And my, my buddy used to have a class. When we were seniors, I got out of 1230, but he had a, a 130 class that he, t- he took, he wanted to take as an elective. And at the end of our so- senior year, I used to call in all the time for him and say, uh, uh, his name was Jeff, that he, you know, pretend I would be his dad and that he would be missing this class and they'd mark it as an excuse absence. I would do it and we would go tubing at the lake or we would do nefarious things that I don't want to discuss on the air. Uh, and they never caught him. And one time he did it for me, boom, they called my mother. And she, she questioned me on it. And I said, you know, I've had perfect attendance these whole four years. And if you give in to them, I'm going to be marked uh, uh, as ditching a class or sloughing, as they say up here. Yes, yeah, And that'll, that'll go on my, my record. So I scared her into not, uh, oh, not ratting me out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. That's classic. Dad, dad would just look at the grades. Mom would start to get into it, but the thing is, her parents lived two blocks away, and my uh, grandfather had been worried that we would get um, 
all fired up about it the way my mom did. My mom was chasing a 4-0, and she had a perfectionist streak a mile long when she was a kid. Well, probably later in life, too. And my grandfather said, I will give you money if you get a B. I will pay you to get a B. To you or to your mother? No, to, to my mother. And so she never wanted to make too big a deal about my grades because she knew I was talking to my grandfather. And he's like, is your mom on you about the grades? So it became this whole, you know, this thing between my mom and my grandpa got, got me out from under what, you know, could have been, <laughs> been a, a heavy thumb. Well, well, I mean, I think Grandpa Higginbotham was an ally for you. <laughs> Grandpa Higginbotham. Grandpa was yeah. definitely an ally. Grandpa definitely Good. looked out for his That's what they're supposed to do. Yep. All right, it's the Jazz tonight. We, we digress. Uh, we don't want too much perfectionism out of Donovan Mitchell because you can't be perfect. But that was a very strong effort in San Antonio. They rolled the Spurs. Uh, what are we going to see tonight? Obviously, Brooklyn's going to be shorthanded. Kevin Durant, the news breaking after the show yesterday, that someone near him tested positive for COVID-19. He's in a seven-day quarantine. What if he gets it? What if he gives it to the whole team? So he's got to isolate. He's going to miss four games, and it's going to start with the Jazz game. So they still got Kyrie Irving to fire away. So we'll see what happens tonight. Four, uh, 5.30 for the game, 4.30 for the pregame. Jazz game night right here on The Zone. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Tatum, pressured along the sideline by Siakam. Steps to his left, forces a long two. And of course it's good. Career 40-point game for Jason Tatum. Lobbed to Giannis, caught it, slammed it with a left hand. Augustine from out of bounds to Giannis, and he brought down the hammer on Dumbuye that time. Giannis near wing, a three-point shot, nailed it. ABC, easy as one, two, three for the two-time MVPs, up to 37. Curry fires up a three, contested, rolls it down. Joseph was right there, and Curry buried that. Curry's got 30 on the night. Highlights from last night's NBA action. That was Steph Curry and the Warriors blowing out the Kings. They had a 17-point lead after one quarter and just ran them off the floor. Curry follows up a 62-point game with a more normal, but still very impressive, 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. Steph Curry's getting it rolling. The Warriors have a winning record again, PK, after a slow start. 4-3, uh, and three, yeah. I mean, he's in a groove right now, for sure. Uh, so... I expect that they'll they'll be competitive. Uh, I don't know how good they'll be in terms of uh, finishing in the top portion of the Western Conference, but on any given night, certainly they're capable when he's playing like this. Uh, He's had two great back-to-back ball games, obviously. Uh, Luka Doncic also had a great game, 33 points, 16 rebounds, 11 assists. The Mavericks beat the Rockets 113-100, a a fairly comfortable win there for uh, Dallas, PK. That was... I was tied at 85. I was watching his on NBA TV, mm-hmm. talking to you. Yeah. And uh, they they took off from there. And he's just an absolute marvelous player, man. It's just uh, something that he just really is so skilled. And he's got the body and uh, allows him to do big, big body things <laughs> from somebody who's in the perimeter. Uh, you know, he's just... He's really tremendous, man. And to think that two teams passed on him, is this going to be the biggest screw-up of two teams since Jordan? Uh, well, we could rank big screw-ups. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if it's just Except the Lajuan was okay. Right. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. So you, 
you passed on a Hall of Famer, but you still got a Hall of Famer. You didn't. It get doesn't the, look like DeAndre Ayton or Marvin Bagley are going to make the Hall, Hall of Famers. Fame. Right. Yeah. You didn't get the best yeah. Hall of Famer, but you did get a Hall of Famer. Right. So and you, you didn't and, get the guy and, who won. And in the, those days, the big man was so important too. Yeah. You didn't get the guy who won the most championships, but you did get right. a guy who won two championships. So. Right. See, Houston, it's hard to crack on them. Olajuwon delivered what he was expected to do. You couldn't really ask of him more. Portland, total screw-up. Yeah. Uh, here, Phoenix, uh, Aiton is okay. Can he get better? Sure. He's okay. Uh, Bagley doesn't look like to be much of anything. These Duke guys, it makes me wonder. Uh, what they you know, what they do in the pros, so many of them are... Ballyhooed, and they don't turn out to be much of anything. So, Whether, yeah. So, do you want to limit to people who screwed up on just two? Because what do you say to teams that passed on Steph Curry or the teams that passed on Kawhi? I say Leonard? you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. You passed on them twice. <laughs> A winner. Well, not well, exactly. See, but Steph, Steph Curry has an opportunity now to show what he can do. Obviously, it was ridiculous to pass on him not only once but twice. But is Steph Curry the kind of guy that individually can take you where you want to go? This is a great opportunity for him to show it this year. And, and Don said, you know, who knows if he's going to take you where you want to go. But at his age right now, he's still only like 21 years old. It looks like a screw-up. If you're a Phoenix Suns fan, every but, time I mean, he goes he, off, you cringe. He just looks like a big, big-time player who very well could be capable of taking you to where you want to go. Uh, other guys who went off last night, you heard on to Kempo highlights. He had 43 as the Bucks beat the Pistons. Jazz will play the Pistons at the end of this trip. And Jason Tatum went off for 40 as the Celtics beat the Raptors, 126 to 114. So some uh, some enormous well, performances there. Yeah, Tampa's off to a 1-5 and five start. The 76ers are 6-1. and one. They are 6-1, and one, man. Six Break them the freak up. One. Doc Rivers, <laughs> Coach forget of the year. that. Yeah. Coach of the year. They beat the Hornets 118-101. to Tobias Harris had 22 in that one. And the Sixers have the best record in the NBA. They do. You didn't like my Tampa reference for Toronto, though? No, I didn't. Why'd you go with Oh, just because they're playing down there. Yeah, okay. I got to admit, it. <laughs> it lost me for a second. <laughs> but I was already thinking about the next thing. Good one. You can call them uh, the Tampa Raptors from now on. Because obviously, getting across the border back and forth, that's going to be an issue. It's been an issue for multiple teams in multiple leagues. So, relocating. That's a win, right? Trading in Toronto's winner for Florida's winner? Uh, yeah. If you're going by weather. I just don't know how many... How much big of a deal the uh, NBA players worry about weather? Well, you did job. as a kid, freezing in Jersey, looking at Pasadena on New Year's Day. That yeah, looks glorious. Right. I mean, it wasn't wasn't for a job though. It was a fantasy that I yeah. that that I actually did do think that and it came to pass. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So, BYU had their game with uh, UOP scheduled for Thursday, postponed due to ongoing COVID-19 protocols within the Tiger program. Mark Pope with a tweet that the Cougars have locked in an opponent for Thursday. PK, who might that be? Well, I was told last night it's going to be Gonzaga Thursday. And it's a possibility of it's going to be at Gonzaga in Spokane. That's great anytime you play Gonzaga. I mean, they're number one. How do you not want to play number one? See where uh, how you stack up. I mean, obviously it's going to be very difficult. 
but uh, may, and I told it might not even be considered a conference game for for the Cougars. They they could have played Chico State or anybody in between. This one, I mean, they need to get out on the floor, man. Yeah. This is going on weeks. Sun Devils have had the same thing. A bunch of games canceled because they've got the issue in their program, whereas BYU, it's the other team's programs. But in basketball, man, you just can't have this much time off. So I wouldn't care who it was. And if it happens to be Gonzaga, great. But anybody, you got to get out on the floor. We talked about with the, the Utes last month. They weren't getting out on the floor enough. And that's the situation that we're dealing with. I appreciate the colleges pressing forward and not throwing in the hat or whatever you want to call it and trying to make something out of this. Yeah, the towel. Trying to make something of this season. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. That's Joe Judge, and he went on much longer than that, but that was the essence of it right there. The Giants are hot. Philly didn't compete in the fourth quarter. They put in their third-string quarterback. He turned the ball over. They lost the game. It cost the Giants a division. Washington's in the playoffs, and Joe Judge is hot. I guess it's well, easy it to say don't go 6-10, and 10, and that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. The, it won't happen with the Giants as long as he's the coach. So, in other words, it won't happen for another year. Uh, seemed like... Uh, he, I don't know how long he's going to be the here come the judge. I hope it would be great if the Giants respond and get out there and turn it around next year. But, yeah, I get his point of view, though. I mean, he's looking at it from his point of view, and I can understand that. You know, the, the Phillies seem to be loose with the decision to go for it on fourth down when they could have tied the score at 17. Yep. And then they take Hurts out, who's a rookie himself, right? He's a rookie, is he not? Am I missing? Did he was he on the team last year? Uh, I think it was a second-round pick this year. And, you know, he didn't start until later, and he had, I mean, he didn't have a checkered career in college, but he had an interesting career to where we thought, oh, does he have the skills as a professional quarterback? You know, he had the skills as a college quarterback at the both places, Alabama and Oklahoma. So the point being is that he needs reps. And so if you would have left him in there, you're only hastening his development because have you guaranteed, have you locked in that he's going to be your starter next year? Maybe you, maybe you already have. I don't know. But so from the perspective of the Giants, I fully get it. And, and the, the Eagles can just say, guys, man, you went 6-10. and 10. I mean, <laughs> Don't blame us for going 6-10 and 10 and you didn't get in the playoffs. You guys sucked. That's your, your, your problem, not ours. Yeah, I think not. not I was going to say deep down, but really not very deep down. Uh, the NFL doesn't like the, just the image of having a team with a losing record in the playoffs, which they have with Washington, but a 10-loss team, somehow that seems even worse. The worst team ever to make it to the playoffs. The worst division winner ever. Probably. Yeah, really I mean, Washington, Washington improved as the season went on, and Alex Smith got more comfortable and all that. And then, you know, he had to miss. Uh, well, how many games did he miss after he became a starter? At least one, if not two, right? Yeah, I think he missed and, two. And so, you know, maybe they could have... Uh, well, if he'd quarterbacked him all year. Now, yeah, I don't know yeah. if he was physically healthy enough, and if he had played earlier, would he have stayed healthy or would he have gotten hit? I mean, you can play that game forever. But when he was their starting quarterback, they were 5-1. and one. And that doesn't seem that bad. No. And it's actually what he does. Yeah, he's a playoff quarterback. He had yeah. a uh, he had one playoff appearance uh, one year with the Niners and looked like they were on their way to a second, and he gets a concussion, and then Kaepernick takes over and they go to the Super Bowl. And then he went four times in five years in Kansas City. 
Right. And now he's got Washington in, so seven or, if you want to count it, eight playoff appearances for him. So having the skins in, the pigskins, of course, does not seem that bad as it would a 6-10 and 10 Giants. You're just team. renaming teams left and right, man. You got the Washington pigskins. You got the, uh, the Tampa Raptors. You got it all. Uh, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs arrested early morning on a DUI charge. His lawyers say he will plead not guilty. He is suspected of being impaired, treated for minor injuries after a one-car uh, single-vehicle crash at McCarran Airport. 4.42 in the morning after the uh, season-ending victory in Denver. Now, had he been to bed, or was he just getting up, going, on, going to an early morning workout? Mm, I don't know. I don't know what time. That seems pretty late to be getting back from Denver. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. 4.42 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. The city that never sleeps, I guess. Denver Broncos team president John Elway giving up control of the franchise's football decision. He's going to hire a GM after he called the shots for a decade. The first five years went well. The next five years went really poorly. So they had uh, Peyton Manning for four of those first five years. They were routinely a playoff team. They went to two Super Bowls. But the last five years, a grand total of zero playoff appearances. Yeah, you normally don't have a star of his magnitude being that involved in day-to-day stuff. No, it's a grind. And that was part of what he said. I mean, partly it is the results, and partly it's 60. And as he, he was asked, well, if you'd win 13-3, and three, so I'd feel differently if I went 13-3. Um, but the fact is, it's a little surprise. Well, it's a lot surprising when you look at star players that he's been part of the grind for this long. It's not surprising that uh, it'd be more fun just to be John Elway and not be responsible for every WNL. I mean, they got ownership stuff going on there with the kids going to court after each other. I don't know, uh, you know, how that affects their whole budgeting process and how much uh, a grind behind the scenes that is. I would think it's not great. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. We'll keep working through the week and. You know, have a great week of preparation, get ready to play uh, on Monday night. Oh, yeah, I definitely expect him to play. He wasn't going to come off the field, and that's just the way he's wired. You're going to have to pull him off the field. You know, it was pretty, pretty amazing performance. You know, it was good. The next day, he actually, you know, his comment to me was, that he, you know, he, he felt better waking up in the morning than he expected. That's Ryan Day talking about Justin Fields' status, why he wasn't lifted in that semifinal game when it looked like it was pretty much out of reach and they had things under control. Uh, he is expected to play in the title game next Monday after getting beat up a little bit by Clemson. I want to hear it, Coach. Yeah, he's wired to come out, man. It's just the way he's wired. He's going to ask out. That's who he is. I mean, he when uh, he plays his grandmas and checkers, he didn't really want to win. He's comfortable losing. That's the, that's the reversal of the whole backup quarterback. <laughs> when you ask the backup quarterback if he wants to play, he's like, come on, all quarterbacks want to play. Don't ask me that. You're making it sound like I'm second-guessing the coach. We've all been down that road. That's a pretty predictable line of questioning, too. Grad transfers are flying around, PK. Notre Dame landed Wisconsin uh, quarterback Jack Cohn. He led the Badgers to the Orange Bowl in 2019. Didn't play this injury. Had a foot injury in training camp and then decided to transfer. So... Everybody's that's, looking for quarterbacks. That's too bad. I hope I was hoping Utah got him. Another one? Why bring, not? Bring on another quarterback. <laughs> yeah. The more transfers, the merrier. Yeah. Uh, Baylor announced the hiring of BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes as their new offensive coordinator. Kalani Sataki has promoted Aaron Roderick to offensive coordinator to replace Grimes. Fessy Sataki promoted to become the passing game coordinator. And Jeff Grimes is going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Nice of him to 
Create time for us. Some coaches on their way out are already done and are moving on to the new gig. But he's got 20 minutes for 15 minutes or whatever for us, so we appreciate it. Well, Jeff Grimes, high-quality individual, absolutely. Uh, and the other two moves with uh, A-Rod and, and Fessy were just an absolute 100% no-brainer. Yeah, they were going to happen, and now they have. Uh, the thing that happened that was a little surprising, Conference USA Coach of the Year, for the sake of time, Doc Holliday at Marshall is out. His contract will not be renewed. It's expiring at the end of June. 85 wins, 54 losses in 11 seasons. It's a pretty good record. You got to land on his feet, don't yeah, you Yeah, I don't know what the story is yeah, there. Yeah, there's got to be a backstory, right? That's too much winning. Yeah. It's almost eight wins a year and two-time conference coach of the year. 11 years is a long run. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Alex Schiffer, Brooklyn Nets writer for The Athletic, will join us next. No Durant. What does that mean for the Nets versus the Jazz tonight? We'll talk with Alex Schiffer about that. Jeff Grimes here at 8 o'clock. Big T. Thurl Bailey talking Jazz at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotting and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets coming up tonight. The Brooklyn Nets started 2-0. They have lost four of their last five games. Just lost to the Wizards at the buzzer with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both missing shots in the final seconds. Uh, before that, they were blown out by Atlanta. It's uh, There's high expectations for this Nets team, PK, and it's, it's early to make any decisions or anything. And now Durant's out for four games, but uh, it's been a hard, uh, hard week and a half for the Nets. Yeah, obviously losing Duran is a significant blow, but in the individual game, I think they're capable of winning. Uh, Kyrie is good enough. You know, and also, too, it's not as pronounced, but Spencer Dinwiddie went down. Yeah. And he's had a lot of injuries. Kid out of Colorado. Remember him watching him play in person in college. And uh, he's. He's a nice player, so right now they're down a little bit. I didn't know how good they would be right off the bat because you got new coaches, new players, all these things thrown together. Now they've had some setbacks on top of that with these two fellows being out. So you could see that for them, it's not really about now. I mean, all the games count, obviously, but for them it's about being at their peak later on in the spring and summer uh, with all the new fellows. So it's an opportunity for the Jazz to take advantage of and get themselves a win in a highly competitive Western Conference. And I think it's important for them to get this win tonight because the it presents itself as a better-than-anticipated opportunity. 
If it looks like low hanging fruit, you better uh, you better gather that in. You know, there's going to be hard times coming, and uh, you you love this kind of stuff, right? Whenever people start complaining about the injuries, hey, the other guys have had injuries. Here's a game where you're hitting a team when they're having some bad fortune. You know, other guys have injuries too. So yeah, and you, yours you is going to come down the line. Yep, yep. So capitalize right now when you're catching a break. Right. DJ and PK, time to welcome in Alex Schiffer, Brooklyn Nets writer for the Athletic. Alex, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's it going out there? It is going well. It sounds like it's going better than it's uh, going in Brooklyn. The Dinwiddie news was bad. Now Kevin Durant is out for a week. The team has lost four of five. Are guys just uh, rolling with it? Or is this uh, causing a little bit of stress early in the season? I definitely think the latter. You know, talking to some guys after some of their recent losses, you could tell that they're still trying to learn how to play without Dinwiddie and that he was one of those guys that maybe his numbers weren't the most flashy, especially after Durant and Irving got healthy, but he, he really helped them in a lot of different ways that maybe the box score didn't tell. And now, obviously, they have to go without Kevin Durant, who, you know, he, he's looked like his old self, even though he doesn't really want to go there yet. And, I mean, you can't really replace a guy like him. I mean, it's going to be by committee, but, you know, it's, it's Kevin Durant. So, in the interim, does this uh, spell a bigger role for Karis LeVert? I think so. I'm curious to see if they start him tonight or they go with a, a forward like Torian Prince off the bench I- instead. But I think that him, Kyrie, the centers definitely have to take on more of a scoring burden. I mean, it's. I think the thing that really hurts him more than the scoring right now is the rebounding because they, they really – Washington killed them on the glass. They haven't been good offensive on, in offensive rebounding, and, and some of the defensive rebounds they've lost have really cost them in games. And Kevin Durant was averaging 10 rebounds over his last three games, and he, he kind of made it an emphasis to help out the big men more. So that's really the, the void that I think – obviously the scoring they're going to miss too, but that's the other department that I think they're really going to need to scramble in and, and ha- you know have all five guys crash the glass and do it by committee for sure. You know, the Jazz brought back the majority of the team, even the new guy, Derek Favors, is a guy who was here, you know, just a year ago. Uh, so not having much of a preseason isn't that big a factor. They probably would have preferred a bigger one. But it seems like it would have been really necessary for Brooklyn. you got a new coach. you got a new star player in Durant. you got the normal turnover down the roster. Does this look – does it pass the eyeball test when you're watching it, or does this still look like a bunch of guys trying to figure it out on the fly here? Oh, it's, it's definitely the latter. You know, they, they've struggled with turnovers, too. And you could just tell that they're still getting acclimated to one another. And the, some of the, the passes they've made are just careless. And, and they look like a team that, that is still trying to find themselves and, and kind of get everybody's purposes in here. You mentioned Durant, but Kyrie Irving only played 20 games last year. There were guys that are still trying to get adjusted to him, too, because he was only around so much. So... I definitely think they could have used a longer training camp and, and preseason, but as they've said when you've asked them about it, every NBA team is dealing with the same deck of cards right now in that, in that sense, and, and it's not really an excuse for them because other teams have found a way to make it work early. I'm interested in the dynamic of the coaching staff. Obviously, you got Steve Nash, who doesn't have any head coaching experience, or really he's done some work, but not as not as a full fledged assistant on the bench. And you got Jock Vaughn, who was there last year as the interim guy. And then you got the Suns connection with Stoudemire and D'Antoni. How is that dynamic all playing out? 
Yeah, so when Nash first got the job, Vaughn was um, named his top assistant immediately and is in charge of the defense. And then D'Antoni joined, and he's the offensive coordinator. And, uh, and then Emu Doka, who was, was one of the top assistants around the league, um, he, he's kind of helped out on both sides. Stoudemire's been more on the player development side. He, he looks like he could still play, honestly, watching him warm up. He looks like he's in good shape. And Nash has, you know, he kind of leans on both Vaughn and D'Antoni uh, to kind of see what, what they're thinking on things. And having sat in head coaching chair before, you know, to, to kind of talk about uh, the greenness of Nash. The, uh, in one of the preseason games, he challenged the call. And I asked him why he did that. And he, he said, he goes, you know, the coaches told me before the game that, um, you know, you haven't challenged the call yet. You should do it to get a feel for how that works. So they just decided at one point during the game he was going to challenge a call regardless of how, you know, uh, how, how bad it looks like the refs got it or not to kind of just see what that process is like. So I, I think that it's, it's definitely, even though Nash is the head coach, he's definitely getting a lot of input from his assistants and, and seeking advice. And, and, and he hasn't been shy about how green he is, too. You know, you asked about his, his timeout philosophy because I'm still working on it. So he hasn't shied away from him being a rookie head coach and everything, but it, it's it's definitely shown at times. So it's New York. There doesn't tend to be a lot of patience. Uh, this is a team that's had a bad week and a half, and the star is out. What is the kind of runway here for getting this together and getting on a roll, and how quickly will people snap at this team? It's a good question. This year, obviously, with COVID, is so crazy. And, and, I mean, the Durant stuff, you know, Kevin Durant is still registering antibody tests. He had the virus in March. The, the NBA rules don't care whether or not you had the virus before. If you come in close contact, you're out a week. So some of this stuff is out of their, out of their hands, even with the shortened training camp. But um, I, I think that the players have, pe- have preached being patient and that this isn't going to come together overnight. I think right now, as long as they make the playoffs, all is well. But it's, it's really going to come down to what they look like in the playoffs and how far the run they can go. I think the expectation should be to make the conference finals their first year together with all this. If they can do that, I think that going into next year, there's a high expectation they can really pull this whole thing off. But I think it's just so early, and you look at some of the way the other team is starting. Milwaukee isn't starting off that great. The Sixers, I think, have the best record in the East right now. So I think that I think right now there is patience, but I do think that there is some some concern with with the way Nash has been as a coach early on. And yeah, it's funny. I had a reader comment to me saying that uh, Durant's quarantine last night means that they're going to be a lottery team. I think that's I think that's that's a button that that isn't even on the table right now, let alone push uh, to push. So. I think it's too early to push the panic button, but I do understand the concern. I'm interested in the dynamic between Durant and Irving. And these guys that uh, have had a fair share of drama, maybe Irving a little bit more. But as I was watching that game the other night against Washington right at the end of the last possession, it was like in my mind there was no doubt that Irving was going to take the last shot. Now it turns out that Durant, they got an offensive rebound and he had an opportunity but I was wondering how that's going to work because it seems like Irving is thinking in those situations, I'm the guy. Yeah, you know, I, I think 
when he was on Durant, when Irving was on Durant's podcast, and I want to say October, maybe November, um, and he talked about how Durant is the first teammate he's had that he trusts outside of himself to hit a shot late in the game, which was a that obviously drew a ton of headlines because of, of what the implications of LeBron. I think that they kind of put this pressure on themselves in these late game situations of like, well, you said that, now let's see how it goes, and. As you said, you know, I don't think Irving got a bad look from three. And, and Durant obviously got a second chance. It was a rare opportunity for them both to get a touch. I, I think they've been very good at deferring to each other early on. You know, I mean, Durant was averaging seven assists a game before the quarantine, and, and Irving's been up there too. If you look at the, if you watch them every night, they've been very good at getting other guys involved, passing up a good shot from them for a great, uh, for a great shot for another guy. They've been very unselfish, and they've really been team players. But it, it, it's interesting. You know, Durant got the last shot in a loss to Charlotte in, a, in their third game of the season. And, and now Irving got, it against, um, Irving got it against the Wizards. Is it going to be a rotating thing? Is it going to be whoever hits more of them, they become the, the incumbent? Um, you know, they, they kind of put this spotlight on themselves because of that those podcast comments and – Again, on the court, they've been great. Um, dealing with us, they've been great. Um, and especially Durant, he's had no problems with us. And, um, and that it's, it's just like they kind of put this extra spotlight on themselves and how, how this continues to evolve is going to be interesting. But I agree. I, when, when, they, when they got out of that timeout last night, I, too, just had a gut feeling like that Irving was taking the last shot. So is there, a, is there a veteran leader everybody follows and everybody listens to? Is this a case of, hey, the highest paid players and the stars are the guys? How does that dynamic work? I mean, if it gets a little sideways, is there somebody else who, you know, can talk to these guys? Yeah, I, I mean, Durant and Irving have obviously been big voices on the team. Um, Jeff Green is another one that's very respected. I mean, he obviously played with Durant in Seattle. Um, grew up in the same county as Maryland as in Prince George's County. They've known each other for years, and he's just a respected veteran. He, he's lectured the team about defense after some recent games. DeAndre Jordan has been a, a big voice in that locker room. They're, it's it's interesting dynamics because they obviously have these big-name stars in Durant and Irving, but they also have guys like LaVert and Joe Harris and Jared Allen that have been in Brooklyn since they were a laughing stock post-Kevin Garnett's Paul Pierce trade with Boston. And, and those guys have, have voices that count, too. So I, I think, obviously, it's Irving and Durant's team, but it's not like they're the only voices, and it's, it's, it's those two and then everybody else. In the locker room, I think that it, it's more balanced out than people might think. So I looked you up, my man, and I saw, yep, Jersey native. I'm born in uh, Orange, raised in Morris County. How about you? I uh, I was born in Summit, New Jersey, and I have grown up in Union County uh, my whole life, Westfield. And I went to high school in Millsap. It's good to talk to you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Is the Copper Onion still open in Salt Lake City? That's my favorite restaurant to go on NBA road trips. I hope they're doing well. Sniggy, that's your job. Don't know. I, we will research that for you and get back to you. I, I appreciate it. It's been, as you know, it's been a hard time. That's a tough business to be in right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's why I hope they're doing well. I tell everybody that goes to Salt Lake to eat there. All right, there it is. Shout out. Uh, yeah, the Yacht just looked it up. He says they're open. 
Good, good. There you go. Excellent. So uh, as, a, as you look around the East, assuming the Nets get it together, uh, who is the team that is viewed uh, as the rival, as the team that you got to get past? I mean, Philly's right down the road, and they're off to a great start. Toronto's now a little removed from their championship. Obviously, the Bucks have Giannis. I think it's Milwaukee, especially after they acquired Drew Holiday. You know, the Nets going into the offseason, there was all this talk about, do they acquire a third star? Do they not? Do they go in with the team as is? And, you know, Milwaukee, I think, kind of had a similar situation on their hands, but maybe more pressure to make a deal after getting ousted by Miami in the playoffs last year. So, you know, they, they meet on Martin Luther King Day in a few weeks, and I, I think that it's a... It's not just a battle of the, the two should-be conference title contenders, but it's also a battle of the two decisions they made, right? It's the Nets have their depth, but no third star. And, and again, I, Chris Middleton, depending upon who you ask, some might not think he's a star, but the, the Bucks have like a three-headed monster of Giannis, hmm. Holiday, and Middleton without a lot of their depth anymore because of that trade. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what works and what doesn't for those two teams because they, they kind of had similar paths in the road and they each took a different one. So I think Miami you know, the, uh, is obviously another one. You can't sleep on them with what they did last year. And then the Nets have the Sixers on Thursday, which I'm really curious to see how, how they handle that. You know, they, I mentioned the rebounding earlier. I'm, I'm really curious to see how the Nets do against Rudy Gobert with that and, and the and, – you mentioned favors and the issues they can have on the boards from those two. And then they have Embiid on, on Thursday. So this is a big week for them without one of their best players to try to figure out some of their problems. Well, Alex, we appreciate a few minutes. And uh, thanks for coming on and uh, talking a little uh, Nets and Jazz with us. No problem, guys. Stay safe and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Alex Schiffer, Brooklyn Nets writer for The Athletic, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. You love talking to Jersey people, PK. Yeah, I looked him up. I saw that he was a Jersey native, and uh, I could tell right off the bat, man. Does Jersey sound different than a New Yorker to you? There, that subtle distinction there, but it, it matters Depends to you. Depends on where you are in Jersey, north or south. South, more the Philly. Mm-hmm. Yes. They would say, like, on. So uh, South Jersey sounds different than the North it Jersey does to New me, Yorker. Yes, yeah, but it, but if me. somebody if somebody uh, was from uh, North Jersey or Brooklyn. You wouldn't be able to tell that. That's too subtle a distinction to tell. I would agree with that, yes. Okay. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We have Jeff Grimes coming up, the new Baylor offensive coordinator, former BYU offensive coordinator, is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Big T's on his way at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Zach Wilson, former BYU quarterback, take us to that decision process to forego your senior year and jump into the NFL and pursue the dream that you've had since you were little. It was really going back and forth with, uh, you know, the pros and cons of everything. You know, I I talked to Coach A-Rod and, you know, he gave me his personal thoughts on everything. And then it was kind of, you know, you're going to go back and forth with every single pro and con about staying or going. And and he goes, eventually, you just got to come down to the point of, you know, the opportunity 
opportunity will be there. So you just got to do what your heart is feeling and, and what your gut is saying. And so really that's what it came down for me. You know, we listened to what information we were gathering from agents or GMs or scouts. And really, I think it just came down to the opportunity I felt, you know, was going to be in place for this next year. And so I decided to take it and, and bet on myself and, and hope for the best. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Got multiple questions up that you have been uh, debating, knocking around on Facebook all night long. What is up with Shaq publicly cracking on Rudy Gobert? PK, sometimes there are stories that seem like a thing, and sometimes there are stories that I realize are a thing, but I just can't get that worked up about. Oh, yeah, because Shaq. it's not about you, man. Right, Shaq. Okay, so Shaq's awesome. And Shaq is convinced he could score on Rudy. Great. Well, he can uh, score on everybody, but... Uh, okay. I mean, suppose back in the day, Tom Kirkland is saying, what the hell are you watching Channel 2 for? I'm your guy at Channel 5. I'd be pumped that we were number two at that point, and he was giving us free pub. <laughs> but suppose he said, why would you watch DJ? I'm so sick of him every freaking year. Being No, I'm not turning my mic down. I'm yelling loud because I am irritated about this. Turn my mic down. You turn it down. I can't be turned down when I have passion. Give me a break, man. Why go after Gobert? If I'm Gobert, I'm irritated. I'm sitting over here doing my job. Come on, man. Would he be doing that to an American? Is it foreign bias here? No, Is he ripped- Jack just shells because Rudy got the big deal? No, he ripped Dwight Howard, too. That's interesting about the big deal. That's not a bad angle. Shaq was born a generation too early. Well, Shaq well, did make and, the comment saying that a guy is pretty impressive guy who has an 11 point per game average in his career is making $200 million. That was All of these people, it's not about the money. It's about respect. This is disrespect. If you take Shaq seriously. If somebody... Believe me, man. I've had a. He's on of network TV. He's me. on network TV. So I'm not. I can't totally say it means nothing, right? The whole Thursday night is the NBA's version of Monday Night Football. There's very few games, probably more than there used to be, but it's still a, a relatively quiet night, and so a lot of people are watching. And he's got a big platform to say that. Yes, so and so yeah, I mean, you're 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 isolating it to Shaq. I mean, Gobert. The Jazz had to go crazy of Gobert not making the All Star team a couple of years ago and not appreciating what he does for winning. So it's not just it's not related exclusively and solely and wholly to Shaq. It's the perception of Colbert really isn't that good because he doesn't score a ton of points. So his effect on winning is not good enough to be able to receive that type of contract. Every player wants respect. Every person in the workforce wants the money, of course. That's very important, obviously. But they also want the respect. They want to be told, hey, you're doing a great job, and we appreciate what you do. That and you're is- very valuable that so is Shaq true. saying this it's not just about Shaq it's about the image that is projected out there towards Gobert that Gobert has constantly had to fight every step of the way even by the Jazz who made the trade at 27 that's why he wears 27 this isn't about Shaq 
exclusively. This is about what's been going on in the knock against Gobert probably since he was a boy playing in France. I don't know. I only knew about him since he came to the NBA, and Locke told me about, hey, keep an eye on this dude here because we really like him, and he uses we when he talks about the Jazz. I think that's where I first heard about, okay, this could be something that could be happen happening, and sure enough, uh, Dennis Lindsay pulled the old rabbit out of the hat, and wow, what a pick and what a trade that was. So I think it goes way beyond Shaq. It's something that Gobert has always had to battle as a knock against him. So then it comes down to one word. Playoffs? Because when you win in the playoffs, a lot well, of this stuff just melts yeah. away. And it I comes gra- down to two words, but I can't say those words. I can say the second word, but I can't say the first word. Yeah, don't say that first one. <laughs> Yuck would now prefer break It has time. something to do with Marshall Falk? <laughs> yes, we're aware. <laughs> well, I didn't know if DJ was aware. Do you remember that, Yuck? Yeah, his street smarts aren't <laughs> up to par. Marshall, you thought about it. <laughs> That's the last name to use. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> pull that promo back out of the... Now that's oh, good. Balls and put it back into the Definitely. Uh, that's Sniggy at his charmingest. Yes, that is. <laughs> awesome. So, sure, yeah. I mean, it does. Everything comes down to the postseason in, the, in professional sports now. Don't go out in the first round two years in a row. That'll start okay. quieting this. Although, yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. one of the deals where, hey, the bag getting moved back at first base, right? Because as soon as you went in the first round, it's, well, why don't you go to the conference finals? As soon as you get to the conference final, you haven't been to the NBA final. Yeah, but they haven't won at all. So there will be some of that. But the more you win, the more that tends to go away. And I think that was the essence of Donovan Mitchell's comments as far as uh, we're done losing in the first round. That ain't happening. I'm paraphrasing to an extent, because I'm sure Mitchell wants to be thought of as a big-time player, too. I don't have any problem with that. As long as you don't use it to become selfish and that your whole goal is individual acclaim. And that's why Magic was the greatest team player in the history of sports, because he wasn't interested in individual acclaim. He knew that acclaim came to those who won, and so he was willing to to pump up uh, the other guys at the because it was about winning, even though he was the trigger man that led them to win. If Jake Scott, you're listening this morning, I'm tired of you disrespecting Magic Johnson. Oh, my gosh. If, and that's a funny thing to bring it a full circle back to Shaq. And, uh, hey, that's a lot of money for someone making scoring 11 points a game. You can, there's proof, it's not done often, but you can score 11 points and completely dominate an NBA game. It's not yeah. done often. But you can do it, and Magic did it on a regular basis. And everybody watching knew it. It wasn't really debated. Uh, Yeah, this guy's dominating the game. Absolutely. Right, and Rudy dominates at the defensive end. He still needs to get better offensively. But Mitchell wants the same thing. That's what what I think that's why I didn't really worry about this uh, unsalvageable BS last spring or whenever it was because I really felt that these guys want the same thing. And the way you're going to get all that acclaim, you're going to get money. Both of you guys are rich probably beyond your wildest dreams already, and one is 27 and one is 24. So, I mean, they're not – and their kids uh, aren't going to have any issues financially, and they're probably their kids' kids aren't going to have any issues financially. So they've already got that. But if they want the respect that comes through the game, it's going to have to come through winning. Uh, because you already got the other stuff, and if you want to be uh, 
not perceived, but thought of as one of the greatest, the only way to do it now is winning. And that's why I think Mitchell said what he said, and Gobert continues to say it. I think Mitchell says it a little forcefully, a little more forcefully, I should say, uh, because he gets it too. If that's what you want, it's got to come through success in the postseason. Jeff Grimes, new Baylor offensive coordinator. The former BYU offensive coordinator joins us next. Stay with us.